hello beautiful people and welcome back to this part eight of many parts to come of this journey that we have titled the journey and as a reminder we're reading the book patriarchs and prophets and we are on chapter eight uh, and this chapter is titled after the flood the previous chapter was titled the flood and we discussed what happened before the flood and during the flood and this chapter it picks up right after the natural disasters the geological reformation of the earth finished but there was still water and Noah and his family were still in the ark this chapter starts by stating that Noah's faith did not waver and this is very important because throughout before the flood and during the flood and even after you know the natural disaster happened Noah trusted that God was going to deliver him and his family and of course God said he would and he did so Noah is on the ark with the family uh, he still doesn't know if it's safe to go out so he sends you know he sends a dove and the dove goes away and comes back uh, with a leaf with an olive branching in its mouth meaning there's the earth is starting to you know to resurface uh, but you know it says here as he had entered at God's command he waited for special directions to depart so God shut him in and God was going to liberate him just as it will be during the end times as a reminder there's a link between Noah's story and God's last people uh, at the end of the earth, at the end of earth history. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be the coming of man. And God will seal his people and God will deliver his people at the end, just as he did with Noah. And it's super important the, what, what Ellen White writes here, because the first thing that Noah did after he came out of the ark was not eat, was not stress about he needed a house and he needed to build, you know, his home or whatnot. His first concern here was his first act after leaving the ark was to build an altar and offer from every kind of clean beast and fowl a sacrifice, thus manifesting his gratitude to God for deliverance and his faith in Christ, the great sacrifice. Definitely a lesson for us here before you know acting on anything <clears throat> especially after you know after having experienced God's deliverance or after we experience a blessing that we know came from God instead of celebrating let's thank God first that that's what that's what Noah did he put up an altar and praise God for having delivered him before doing anything else. Noah had come forth upon a desolate earth, but before preparing a house for himself, he built an altar to God. That's what the book says. And of course, God loves his creation. God loves his people. So at this point, <clears throat> God makes a promise to Noah. God said, you know what? I'm not going to destroy the earth anymore by water. And he, the promise or the sign of the promise is the rainbow. So he chose Noah the rainbow and he said, you know, I will not destroy the earth again. And he makes a covenant with Noah that water will not destroy the earth again. In Isaiah 54 verses 
9 and 10, God is saying, For the mountain shall depart, and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. God takes care of his people. He always had and he always will. He gave 120 years of opportunity to all the inhabitants of the earth at Noah's time to repent. And he still does the same. So he's merciful and protective towards those who honor him. And this is a lesson for us all. And now as, as we continue to the chapter, we got to remember that the earth was destroyed. All the forest, all the, the green scenery that God had made, which was appointed as a diet for man. Man was not originally intended to eat meats, only vegetables and earth produce. Now all that had been gone. So for the first time, God does allow man at this point to eat certain meats, certain clean meats, because of the consequence of the flood. But note that it was never part of the original, of the original diet or the God-appointed diet for man to eat any sort of animal uh, meat. It says, before this time, God had given man no permission to eat animal food. He intended that the race should subsist wholly upon the productions of the earth. But now that every green thing had been destroyed, he allowed them to eat the flesh of the clean beast that he had preserved in the ark. <coughs> so, as, as, you know, as Noah comes out of the ark, of course, he witnessed the destruction, um, you know, the remnants of what was left. And Noah had been pre-flood, so he knew exactly how the earth looked like before everything happened. And now he's seen the results of man's sin of the destruction that God had to basically the reset that God had to do because of man's abundant sin and it says something here that I highlighted because this so applies to today God saw that the more he enriched and prospered sinful men the more they would corrupt their ways before him isn't that exactly what we see today in rich countries like the United States with plenty of food we have fish and we celebrate and we have cruising and we have, and every time I go cruising, for example, I see the amount of food waste that we have. When halfway around the world, there's people literally starving day after day and they say that there's not enough resources or food. No, 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 there is plenty of resources. It's that we sinful men out of greed and in the pursuit of money and power, we misuse the resources that God had given us in planet earth <clears throat> and this also applies at the personal level you may have heard um, that money makes nobody happy and the reason is that 99.99 percent of the time whenever a person comes across a large amount of money the expenses don't stay the same the expenses go up so that means they need more money and more money and you're just in a never-ending quest for more money that it's straight up vain and, and grateful, you know? So this is, this is exactly right. Sometimes the people of God, and we've seen this in the Bible, and we see this today, ask themselves, why do the evil man prosper so much, and we that we follow God don't prosper as much? 
Because God's interest is not on us becoming rich and fully satisfied here on earth. God's interest is to keep our heart, our hope, and our mind centered on Him, on the hope that we will have the life that God intended for us. If we are way too happy here and we, you know, are satisfied here, there's no need for us to look forward to that day because we're already living it today. So God's interest will always, um, you know, go towards our salvation, not our happiness here on earth, as contradicting as that may sound. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so the more we have in general, the more corrupted we become. And again, we've seen this over and over in today's story. Uh, <clears throat> fun fact, scientific fact, by the way, it says here, Ellen White, and this was interesting to me as a chemical engineer because of, um, you know, the knowledge of, of geological uh, excavations and oil below the earth. It says, at this time, immense forests were buried. This is talking about the flood. These have since been changed to coal, forming the extensive coal beds that now exist and also yielding large quantities of oil. So super interesting that, that there's this link because for all the oil that we now find below the earth and the flood having been basically, you know, covered it all. And, you know, once it's covered, the large amounts of pressure over that, uh, you know, buried forest and other organic materials, and how they have decomposed and make oil and coal and all this other cool stuff that we use today in modern equipment. Anyway, food for thought, just a side note there. Um, and then eventually, uh, Ellen White makes a transition once again, because uh, there is a connection in the Bible between the flood story and the end time. And he says that just as these natural disasters, you know, change the earth, towards the end of time, and we have been living some of those, natural disaster will be more and more frequent, more and more occurring. The earth itself is getting sort of tired of our treatment to the earth, and this is obviously metaphorically speaking. So we will see more and more and more natural disasters because God's cup is about to overflow, and I'm talking about the cup mentioned in the book of Revelations, and of course, the Bible says so. The thus God will destroy the wicked from off the earth, but the righteous will be preserved in the midst of these commotions as Noah was preserved in the ark. God will be their refuge, and under his wing shall they trust, says the psalmist. And this is, of course, talking about as these you know, events continue to happen more and more frequent, God will take care of his people. And eventually, the, of course, the chapter ends by making an appeal to us to trust in God's promise. And it references here Psalms 91.14, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. And this is uh, God speaking. So my friend, what, what lies ahead of us, it's not going to be easy or pretty, but we have God's word that he will take care of us through it all. And eventually we will join him in heaven when we, where we will, you know, enjoy his presence for eternity. Along all of those uh, close friends, hopefully, and relatives and family 
that also have honored him and there will be no more sorrow there there will be no more destruction it will all be love and we'll be very happy next to our savior our lord and our creator until next one